All right, it's the Kaufman Show on TSN 690. Oh, yeah. oh you know it. Blah. You know it. <laughs> That's terrible. That was the strangest <laughs> opening ever. I just I just drank this huge Red Bull. <laughs> I know. And I'm like massive. I'm doing backflips right now. You're gonna be up all night, yeah. Mr. Ferrari. Making Jimmy nervous. I don't know. Just backflips <laughs> in the studio. I don't know what to do with myself right now. If you could pull off a backflip in this studio, oh that would be just the could, funnest thing ever. If I could ever. pull off a backflip in general, oh yeah, that oh yeah. The funnest thing ever. I saw that on Facebook today. You were very upset. I hate that word. It's not it's even not a word. It's not even a word. No. Don't Use please, everybody stop and don't right. and and bestest, stop doing that. Sorry, it's- Jay uh, Jay Snickerdoodle Ferrar is is <laughs> upset with people for using words that don't exist. That's right, Snickerdoodle exists. Is it? It's does a real it, word. Is it really? It's a real word. What does it really mean? It means a cookie. It's a cookie made out of uh, uh, a Snickers bar. Uh, no, no, there's not even. It's like shortbread. It's shortbread. That's yeah, right. I it's, have it's heard a, of that. What's it's wrong a with short. Me? Yeah, it's a shortbread cookie. <laughs> I was looking for the question. word. Yeah, stop it. All stop right. using bestest and 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 funnest and, and legit. There's no such word as legit. It's legitimate, and that's it. that. And I don't mind. You know, it's. I know the kids are saying it. It's part of the slang and all that. But it's like over exaggerate. Don't use that either. It's stupid. It's stupid. Legit doesn't bother me. Legit bothers me. Legit, because- legit's been around a while. It's, you know, I mean, MC Hammer, too legit to quit. Yeah. No, that doesn't give it. But your honor, I, I cite the case of MC Hammer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah and too oh. legit to quit. Yeah, it's legitimacy. <laughs> right. Versus it, Del Biv DeVoe. Yeah. I expect a ruling. I can't. I can't handle it. Funnest. It's not. It's not. It's not. A, I don't mind if you're being snarky and you're using it in slang with your BFFs. Right. That's fine. Right. But or when you besties. start using it in real conversation, uh-huh. like and, on Facebook, yeah. But you're really seriously using it as part of your vocabulary. Uh-huh. It's time to stop speaking. It's time for you to to to, to become a a monk, take a vow of silence, and leave the country, please. Or at least, I mean, read a book. That's not going to help. People read plenty of books. <laughs> Welcome, one and all, to TSN oh. 690's The Kaufman Show. I'm Dave Kaufman with Jay Farrar. We don't normally start off so angry. I need an energy drink. He does. He does. Yeah. I think you need you need the opposite of an energy. You need yesterday, man. Yeah. You need the perfect mix of Easter and 420 that allowed the entire city to smell like lamb and pot. Mm-hmm. It was wonderful yesterday. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? It was this strange haze lamb over and the pot. city yeah. of lamb and pot. I don't know how else to describe the that That's sensation. Perfect. Lamb pot and dog shit. Well, maybe yeah. <laughs> if you drove up Park Avenue <laughs> April, yesterday right? afternoon, yeah. Park Avenue yesterday at four twenty in the afternoon. Yeah. Depending on which block, it either stunk of lamb or stunk of marijuana. Right. It was it was an interesting mix. Yeah. All leading up to the nervousness of last night's hockey game. Wow. Unreal. I, I cannot, and I know it's so early. It's just so early, and I keep reminding myself it's so early, it's so early. But wow, this city's on fire right now. The city's on fire. There's, you know, you know I thought that kind, that trend kind of went away where you have the flags on your cars and stuff like that, but it's starting <laughs> no. to come back a little bit more. You know what I had to do last week, Jay? What'd you have to do? I had to host uh, twice on CJAD during games one and two. Okay. One of the hardest things I've ever done. You ever go on a date with a girl and you're sitting there and, and there's a TV behind her and you don't want to watch Ooh, yeah. the game, but like it's right there. Yeah. It's behind her. So I'm pretty sure that that's how both my co-hosts felt 
on uh, on Wednesday and on Friday night during mm-hmm. games one and two. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I was with them. I was right in that conversation. It was, you know, we sit at home all the time watching games on the phone with people and, and multitasking. Wow. Wow, that was tough. There were There were moments where... I'm talking about something very serious, and my arms are in the air because something awesome happened on the TV in the room. That was tough. Mm-hmm. It's. I hope, um, th- I hope that if you go back and listen to the podcast, I sound like I'm there because I was there and it was fun. It was, and, and it was with uh, Tula on Wednesday and and Justin on Friday, and uh, a lot a lot easier to pay attention on Friday because the game was so decided fairly quickly. But Wednesday, man, woo. oh boy. Wednesday was obviously it was a little. I mean, oh boy. And the the crowd, everybody's so electric. And you know they rolled over. Well, they didn't roll over them, but they won those two games in Tampa Bay, and that was so important. So and nobody was expecting that to happen. Everybody was happy after they won Game One because, as they say, you split you, home ice. You split right? home you ice. Yeah, yeah, you take it away. You you get one in on the road, and then you can come back to your to your own your own house, your own barn, and be a little bit more comfortable. But uh, they didn't expect them to to come to a three nothing lead over Tampa Bay, and I think Tampa Bay, I mean, although they put in a good effort last game, Lindback wasn't bad at all. He he actually kept his team in the game. Oh, in the totally. First, first and second period, it kind of fell apart. But it's just uh, they're rolling. The Canadians are rolling, and they need to stay healthy and uh, and not get fatigued because you don't you know you don't want to blow your load. Right. You know. Right. In right. In, in, in during the first series, and Canadians have done that before. Jay you know. Farrar, from spilling seeds to blowing loads, this is the Montreal Canadiens report. <laughs> Jeez. Wow. Yeah. Uh, no, Jay, I, I mean, one of the things that jumps out to me, obviously, is Bork. Yeah. And he had eight shots on net mm-hmm. yesterday. Mm-hmm. Eight shots How on frustrating net. is that? Do you find it more frustrating? I mean, I feel good for the guy, but do you not f- find it a little more frustrating? No, I don't at all. You to don't? Me, where was that a, all year? No, it's you are forgiven, my son. Yeah. You are forgiven. Yeah. You don't, and if this keeps rolling, and and again, three out of thirteen, okay, and 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 that needs to be. I feel like I need to smack myself in the head sometimes and just remind myself. Mm. You are forgiven. Yeah. You will never have to buy. Keep this up, son, and you will never have to buy a meal in this town again. It's amazing. He's looking like, I don't. He's looking. You know what he's looking? He's looking like Cam Neely out there. You know, he's just like charging the net. He's he's splitting the defenseman. He's always in the right place at the right time. He's playing some real, real smart hockey. You know, and 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 it, he's working well with Eller and Gianta. Yeah. You know, and yeah. Gianta's playing some great hockey as well. Yes, we he thought is. we had lost him in that last game. He got hurt, but he came back. He's showing. He's he's turning out to be uh, the captain that we knew that Lars he was. Lars Eller is playing well. Yes. Lars Eller is playing well. Well, he's riding the bandwagon of Bork and Gianta, and good for him. Do it. Sure. You know, he's made a couple of iffy decisions on the ice, you know, but I, I find that, you know, it seems that Bork and Gianta have great hockey sense. We know that Brian Gianta has fantastic hockey sense. Right. He's a very, very intelligent hockey player. Lars Eller can learn a lot of things from him because, uh, you know, we, we thought it was all over for him the, during uh, this season. The PK play. On the uh, Gallagher goal, <laughs> that's silly. Wow, that's so wow. ridiculous. But that's that's why I'm a hockey fan. Mm-hmm. There was a long lull from, I guess, when the Habs won the cup when I was 13, or maybe a a little bit after that when the Gretzky Lemieux eras ended. Yeah. Until this happened, where there was that lack of excitement, it, it, a little bit from Crosby and Ovechkin, but this is get out of your seat excitement. 
This is why P.K. Subban needs to be signed to a long-term deal with the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. No, I mean, that much is clear. He's probably been the best player on the ice besides Bork. Just great to watch his stock go up like that. Yeah, defensively, he's been one of the best players on the ice. And um, he... It's... It's it, what's great about this whole thing is that the whole team is coming together. Even though Pacioretty hasn't scored, he's had his chances and he's throwing it at the net. Mm-hmm. Vanek, Pacioretty, and, and Dearnet haven't lost a step. They haven't been scoring as much as as the second line or third line has. No, but, but, Bork, but Bork, they, Bork's been picking up the slack. Yes, yes, he has. And Pacioretty's always been streaky. He yeah. has always been streaky, and it just means it's going to come. Yeah. So if the Habs can weather the storm in the meantime and put up all these goals in the meantime. Then once Pacioretty starts to score, it's going to be just, it's going to be wonderful. Yeah. It's it and it's it's amazing because it took me all damn year to buy into this. Mm-hmm. Now I'm there, and, and maybe that was just self preservation. You have and you know, what I'd like to see is the reunification. As you know, Travis Moen started. Uh, he's they say he's two or three practices away from coming back with the team. Seems to be healthy. I want to see a reunification of that fourth line of Weiss. Uh, Prust and and Moen. I want to see those guys back together, especially in a playoff scenario, because in that game against Colorado, uh, there were two games late season where where that team shine, where that where that line sh- was shining, and um, Weiss Weiss was playing great hockey. He played he scored two goals. Then Prust got hurt. Then Moen got hurt. And I found those four guys, those three guys were getting on such a good roll on the yeah. fourth line. Yeah. And I really want to see them again, especially in a playoff scenario. I think they can, this, these these well, guys. Prust was made for the playoffs. He is made for the playoffs. And, you know, Moen's had some good playoff runs as well. Including, He's that kind of guy. Doesn't he have two cups? He has one cup. One cup. Sorry. One cup with Anaheim, right. which in which he scored the the uh, the, the cup, cup winning goal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, breaking news: Matt Cook has been offered an in person hearing for kneeing Avalanche defenseman Tyson Barry. Offered. Offered. Yes. Not summoned. Well, I think it's one and the same, right? Yeah. Well, if you really, why would you want to do it on my phone? Well, why would? But that's let's a strange. See, let's cho- see the puppy dog look in your do, eyes. But does he have a choice in the matter? Can you say, nah, I'm not coming in? Because they uh, they say offer. That's a strange choice of words, isn't it? Yeah, that's uh, you're absolutely right. Um, and that that is straight from the NHL. Whatever happened to safety- get your ass down to my office right now? We need to talk. <laughs> that is from the NHL player safety uh, Twitter account. So okay, that's, uh, that is surprising. Well, let me read that one more time. Minnesota Wild forward Matt Cook has been offered an in-person hearing for kneeing Colorado Avalanche defenseman Tyson Barry. Details to be determined. Okay. Dun, 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 dun. Let's go to our next guest. He is the resident comedian on The Kaufman Show. He joins us every Monday from beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. You can follow him on Twitter at VanGuy. It's Torben Rolfson. Hey, Torben. Dave, Jay, how are you guys doing? We're well. How are you? Doing fantastic, thanks. What's going on? Great start to the playoffs for you guys. It sure has been. I'm happy for you, man. Thank you. I remember uh, Lightning Radio analyst Phil Esposito was upset when he drew Dale Weiss's name for the media winning goal pool before game one, he reportedly said, who the hell is Weiss, and threw away the piece of paper. Told the story later, Weiss said, who's Phil Esposito? <laughs> <laughs> the Bruins put on a clinic Sunday, as opposed to Friday when it was the Milan Lucic Mobile Circumcision Clinic. Oh, oy, 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 oy. Oy, 
Why does the Colorado Avalanche have a Sasquatch footprint on the upper arm of their jersey? Do they think Bigfoot is on top of mountains pushing snowballs down and starting avalanches? I've, I've never thought about that. That's like really interesting. Like or something. The equivalent of the desert would be the Phoenix Coyotes wearing a UFO patch. <laughs> pushing nuclear waste down from Mount Yucca. Right. Raptors GM Masai Ujiri apologized to kids who may have heard his F-bomb Brooklyn. I guess Toronto doesn't want children picking up poor language habits from them. Hashtag we the North. <laughs> Hashtag Mayor Ford. <laughs> Speaking of whom, <laughs> nice TSN Bruce Arthur piece on Ujiri, Long Way Home. They did one on Rob Ford, too. It was called Which Way Home? <laughs> the White House Senate had no comment on an online a petition to deport Justin Bieber. No executive decisions until after the NBA playoffs. Nice. The Knicks didn't even make the playoffs, yet Amari Stoudemire said they might be the best team on paper, quote-unquote. Uh, rolling papers? <laughs> they, they might still be playing if they'd had a little more zigzag on the court. Oh, nice. I noticed the Blazers won on 420. Don't they always? <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, Jimmy. Nice trigger there. Good trigger finger. The NCAA is now going to authorize unlimited snacks for athletes. Big recruiting advantage for Washington and Colorado. Yep. And Northern Kentucky's former AD, he admitted to stealing $262,000 in Kroger gift cards from the school. Hey, those gift cards were meant to recruit parents. <laughs> Who experienced the higher spike in balaclava sales last week? Ukraine or Minneapolis for the Jays-Twins doubleheader Thursday? Wow. <laughs> And finally, there's now a dating website for Green Bay Packers fans. It's called Plenty of Flesh. <laughs> oh, God, don't we love picking on those Wisconsinites on the Kaufman Show. Torben, thanks so much. Hey, Rand. Torben, I have a question for you quickly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We were talking about this earlier. What is, I know I know Vancouver has had a really bad last half of the season, sure. but but what what what's the word on the street there? Is anybody interested in seeing the Montreal Canadiens win the Stanley Cup? They definitely are. Really? Why? Why? Yeah. Um, it's two things. It's there's a whole generation, and even quote our generation, but younger fans, even for their parents, there there are people across Canada who like the Canadians or the Leafs. Mm -hmm. They're everywhere, and they there's there's that just even people who grew up in these areas. But on top of that. There's so many people in Vancouver who've moved here from the east. I know lots of Habs fans. Okay, so Torben, let's, Vancouver let's rephrase Canucks it. Fans, uh, they have a bit of Canadian pride, and they, they want to root for Montreal as well. Well, Let that's me ask the you, question. Torben, yeah. What if it was Winnipeg or Ottawa, a team that, that doesn't really have a history, that doesn't have, I mean, I know you can say that Winnipeg is is the Phil Housley Winnipeg, but really it's the Atlanta Thrashers. There, and, there would definitely be a wave of support, but it wouldn't be the same as for the Habs. Okay, okay, so it's more about the franchise itself. It's not, it's got not, it's not as much to do as, as it being a Canadian team. Um, I think there is a bit of that. I mean, we're, we're still we're in an Olympic year. They just won gold. Mm. Um, obviously, the Canucks are not in the playoffs. There's no other teams. Um, Carey I mean, Price maybe being the goaltender as well. You know, he I, probably captured I, a lot of fans across the country. And he's from BC. Yeah. Yeah. And I was talking to some other people about this. The other thing you remember, too, because there were all those articles a couple weeks ago, like, well, Canada get behind the Habs. Yeah, they will. But the other thing is, I really, I know a lot of Canadians who's, favorite hockey team is the Red Wings, Hawks, or Bruins. Right. Sure. Them growing up. Rangers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it's mixed. But I'd say there's definitely more than usual, yeah. I feel like the headline should be more like, uh, Canadians get behind the Habs begrudgingly. <laughs> that might it work, always yeah. is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Torben, thanks so much, man. Looking forward to next Monday.
Okay, thanks a lot, guys. Have a great night, Montreal. Follow him on Twitter at VanGuy. That's Torben Rolfson. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back on The Kaufman Show on TSN 690. Welcome back. It's the Kaufman Show on TSN 690. I'm Dave Kaufman with Jay Farrar. Follow Jay on Twitter at the Farrar side. I'm at the Kaufman Show, and that's uh, Gord Downey, the Sadies, and the Conquering Sun Crater. I like that one. There's a song on that new album called Budget Shoes. Budget Shoes. Yeah, which I thought they should have played at Jim Flaherty's funeral, but I digress. Oh, boy. Uh, Jay, I wanted to talk about this Yaziel Puig story because it's just... Yes. It's insane. Yes. It's absolutely insane. Are you surprised? No, but Major League Baseball needs to change the way that they do things because if a player from Cuba needs to hire Mexican gang people gang members to get him ferried into the country and and he has to tell them that he'll pay them 20% of his major league earnings in order for it to happen then something is wrong something is extremely wrong with the way that baseball does business well, is with it baseball Cubans. or is it a, it's it's a united states foreign in, policy type situation no in order for you to become a uh, a free agent if you're from cuba 
you're not allowed to go straight to the states. Right. You have to go to a third a third party country mm-hmm. and gain residency there before baseball will allow you to sign a forty billion dollar deal. Or if you want to speed up the process, get some cartel guys to help you out. Kind of, and and which led him to being sort of ostensibly kidnapped for a short period of time. Uh huh. It's a terrible story. <laughs> it's a terrible story, and the Dodgers. I'm not laughing. Had, it's just it's no. amazing to me. Well, it, it, it's tragedy, but and another. It's sort of like the Latvia thing. It's 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 almost unbel- so unbelievable that if it was a movie, you would find it too right. far fetched. And meanwhile, he's an incredibly fun baseball player to watch, and you wonder what's going through his head. Is uh, I mean, no gangs are pleasant, but do you really want the Mexican gangs after you? Mm-hmm. No. Do you think you're thinking about that every time you play at Dodger Stadium in front of 50,000 people? Sure you are. Sure you are. Why not? I mean, um, it's you know, this wouldn't be the first athlete to be in the middle of a game and thinking about if he's going to get knocked off after he's heading back to his car. Unbelievable. This has been something that's been going on for many, many years. Now it's got a foreign ring to it. This is, you know, this is not the Italian mob located in New York, part of the five families anymore. You know, this is not Sinatra, Sinatra performing and then, you know, some of the the Gambino right. Ele- family. Electing Kennedy. Yeah, or the Gambino family <laughs> telling you to throw the fight. Right. You know, Sonny Liston or no, whoever. No, it's a whole other side. Right? And, yeah. and it's, but it's really scary to think. And, and yes, the problem lies with Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. Because if the rules were there and set out in a way that he didn't have to do all sorts of really sketchy things. Yeah. And one of those examples would be how he had to leave Cuba. Mm-hmm. You know, on a cigarette boat in the middle of the night. That's that's insane. Well, this is an issue with, with Cuba. I mean, it's, it's an issue with some of the other countries as well, but... You know, the American baseball teams can travel freely between the Dominican Republic and Venezuela and some of these in some of the other countries in South America. And, you know, they have entire platoons that they they send down there to groom these players. Right. You know, and then they bring them up and they kind of settle them in and what have you. And there's there's some controversy with that. That's not all innocent either. You know, the way the way that they handle that situation. No, you're right. You're right. And and it's. All I'm saying is something has to change, and it, no it, has, it has to change before somebody gets killed, because the thought that Yaziel Puig could have had his fingers chopped off in advance for not making it happen quick enough and never would have made the major leagues is, is I mean, I perish the thought. The thing is, if he's giving away 20% of his salary, they're not going to chop his fingers off. That's for sure. <laughs> you know, he's he's a resource. He's a commodity at this point. Got a uh, tweet here from uh, Blue Nat David asking, "So, how about that trip to uh, about that trip to Fenway? Yeah, uh, so time to gloat, right? Right. I'm going to see the Yankees and the Red Sox on Wednesday. Yeah, man. I'm jealous. Um, I would be too if I was sitting over there and you said that, and, and especially if you had been invited and thought you were going to be out of town and. And yeah. could have been both of going. those things happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be in Las Vegas next week. Next week, but you could have been in Boston this week. I could have been, and uh, I could, have, and we're gonna do it one day, Dave. Oh, yeah. we'll, we'll get to California, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, it'll happen. I promise. Mm. No, I'm so excited. It's gonna be just a, a wonderful trip. I'm going with uh, CJD poet laureate Dave McGimsey. Are uh, you? Yeah. You're going with McGimsey. Yeah, huh? I'm going with McGimsey and, and a couple McGimsey's other buddies. McGimsey's fun. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. It's going to be an absolute blast. Uh, Dave is also a, a noted uh, food writer 
and mm-hmm. he uh, promised me that I would get a, a good tour of some uh, some of the finer New England haunts for for cuisine. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that side of it. But we have decent seats too. Right, grandstand tickets. I mean, I'm looking at them right now. As long as they're not all behind a pole, then I think we're set. Yeah, which there is a chance. Oh, for sure, it's Fenway. It's Fenway, right? right. But right. they are they're infield grandstand seats to see the Yankees, and let's just hope Jeter plays. So there, there shouldn't be any any poles there. I hope. Uh, there, I mean, there are poles. So let's just hope that we're sitting in front of them and not behind okay. them. But uh, I don't know, man. You, you know who cares? You're in Fenway right. Park. You can. It doesn't block the whole field. That's it. I, I'm just excited. It's good. Pineda versus uh, John Lackey. For now, unless it changes. For now. Well, I think it was going to be Nova until Nova got injured a couple of days yeah. ago. But uh, So nice pitching matchup. And, and But it's Yankees-Red Sox. It's like Habs-Leafs. Yeah. And it's Jeter. Saying it's goodbye Jeter. to Jeter. Uh, I'm really excited Is for this the Jeter's final season. Yeah, but it's not his final game in Boston. No. They're going to play each other many more times. Yeah, they'll, Boston. I mean, however many. But you won't see him again. Unless I happen to see him play in Toronto at some point this season, but I'm not planning on it. No, I'm not. Okay. A, I'm not a Yankee chaser. Okay, but this is special, and the, the thought of seeing the Yankees and the Red Sox at Fenway Park uh, something I've never done before, and uh, it's uh, I, I get to tick it off my list. Good for you, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, another check on the bucket list. Good pretty, for you. Pretty much. I mean, have there fun. are there are certain rivalries in baseball that that you want to see. Yeah, have fun, you son of a. You're going to Vegas next week. <laughs> yes, I know. I'm going to Vegas. And I'm sure you're very excited about it. I am very excited about it. It's uh, it's a well-earned little vacay. It's a mini vacay. I'm only going for a few days. Anything uh, planned? Uh, Any shows? We're going to go, go see Wayne Newton? No, we're going to go see the Michael Jackson show. Okay. Yeah. So that's cool. I hate to break it to you, Jay. But, what? Uh, what? Well, he's, why? He's, he's going to be in it, isn't he? He's oh, not going to be in it? No. Oh, he's not going to be no. in it? Because we're going to the wrestling show, too, and the Ultimate Warrior is fighting later oh, that night. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. no. Okay, we'll get you- We're going to see a lot of- We'll get you, uh, we'll get you tickets to go see um, Wayne Newton. Okay. Yeah. Everything then, will be yeah. okay. And then we're going to go see the Beatles one as well. Oh, and, good. Yeah. So I'm going to see all these live acts. These <laughs> classic. Elvis? Yeah, Elvis. Is Elvis there? Yeah. Celine okay. Dion. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, she's um, just all the other ones are dead, but yeah, that's the one that doesn't sound plausible. She's only dead to me. That's right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Lord, having fun tonight, Jay? Yeah, I am having fun. Good. It's important to have fun. I'm tonight. gonna have fun till six in the morning after that energy drink. <laughs> I don't God. know why you did that. I don't know why I did that. I was feeling a little slow. Oh. So I needed to get my brain in gear. And, and how? I said I'm going to be funny tonight. I think you left me in the dust, though. Next time you got to call me and be like Kaufman. I I, <laughs> Dave, I loaded up. Dave, yeah. Go get three coffees. Yeah, check out. Go this do new your best stuff. wetland. Yeah. I had a hot chocolate before the show. I should have. I should have gone full out. It's been a long day. It's been a long <laughs> well, week, I know. man. I know. It's been a long week. I know. I'm uh, looking forward to going to Fenway. Yeah, man. Have fun with that. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Trust me. We'll be right back here next week gloating about it but you won't be here i won't be here i won't be here i'll be in las vegas doing whatever you do in las vegas i've been there before to las vegas i'm not a big fan of it but uh you know we figured out some things we're going to do this time and i'd like to go see the grand canyon and oh cool yeah maybe we'll do a couple of things you know and i like the michael jackson we're gonna go see my friend anthony cools who plays at the paris he does he's the hypnotist 
Really? Yeah. Your friends with the hypnotist? Yeah, he's a great magician. Oh, I wow. Mean, he's, yeah, he's, it's one of the funniest shows I've Have ever seen. Have you ever let him hypnotize you? I can't be hypnotized. Why not? I just, I, I don't- You're just that type? You can't be- I, Yeah, some people can, you have to really give yourself freely to it. You really have to, you know, you, you only get to hypnotize as much as you let him. So I'm somebody who cannot be hypnotized because I'm too self-aware. I'm okay. too aware of going what's going on. So I kind of, I put a shield up. I put a block up. I don't, I don't let myself go. It would freak me out. If it freaks you out, then you, you won't be out. able to be hypnotized. You have to really be relaxed and let yourself go in order to get hypnotized. Yeah, I mean, I, I just uh, the the big crowd, the idea of being that vulnerable, it just seems like or the things he does. To, he's like, he's not a kind but of. But then guy. again, if it happens to you, it's not like you know, right? Because you're hypnotized. Yeah, but you, you remember everything. What? Yes, he makes sure that you remember everything. Oh, you and are then kidding me. You see the moment where they come out of the hypnosis. And and they look around. They're like, "Oh my god, I can't believe what I did in no front of all these people." Way. Sure, oh, you're, you, you just you just tripped me out, man. Yeah, he's no not clue. he's not that kind of a hypnotist where because he says that's dangerous. He doesn't like break bricks on people and stuff like that. What he makes them do is have sex with chairs. He does things oh. like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or pretends that they had a pet bunny and kills the pet bunny in front of them. Oh my god! He does, and it makes it—it's hilarious. And they—they're stuck to their chairs because they've been hypnotized to be stuck to their chairs, so they well, can't attack him. Sex with it all night. Yes. stuck to their chairs. Yes, he does terrible, terrible things to this poor little bunny <laughs> that they love so much that he's convinced she'll bunny because they're hypnotized. It's some of the funniest stuff I've ever seen. Um, how the hell do we transition from this to our interview with David Abel from the Boston Globe? Uh, with great difficulty or with, with hypnosis commercial break <laughs> we'll hypnotize, hypnotize the crowd Jimmy can we take a quick break come back and we'll uh, we'll set up the interview with David Abel the uh, Pulitzer Prize winning journalist from the Boston Globe all that and more on Snickerdoodles <laughs> Welcome back to the Kaufman Show on TSN 690. Dave Kaufman and Jay Farrar. We're just wrapping up, but we're going to uh, close the show out tonight by replaying an interview that I did with Justin Ling on Friday night on CJAD with David Abel. David is a uh, Pulitzer Prize award-winning journalist. He's a staff writer with the Boston Globe, and uh, he's also a marathoner. But he, he wrote an incredible piece about the Richard family. Uh, young Martin Richard was... Uh, was the youngest victim of the uh, the terrorist attack during the bombings. And, uh, well, it was just an incredible piece. I, I implore you all to check it out online at the Boston Globe website. Uh, David Abel on the Richard family. Here's our interview from Friday night. Our first guest uh, has been a staff writer at the Boston Globe since 1999 and shares in the Pulitzer Prize that the paper won for its coverage of last year's Boston Marathon bombings. David Abel wrote an incredibly moving two-part piece on the Richard family, the Boston area family who lost their youngest son, Martin, and whose daughter lost her leg when the bombs went off nearly a year ago. David Abel, welcome, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. And uh, again, the, the piece is just fantastic. It's uh. It's been impossible to get through it without being uh, very emotional. You, you managed to uh, really break down a barrier. And I've, I've rarely read a piece that's so open and so candid. D did the family open up to you from the get-go? Uh, well, thank you very much for those kind words. Um, well, you know, it was a long process. As you know uh, from reading the story, this family, uh, which... Uh, is arguably the most deeply impacted family as a result of the Marathon bombings. As you said, they lost their uh, eight-year-old son, Martin, and their daughter, who was seven at the time, lost her leg. And the husband, Bill, uh, lost a lot of his hearing, and the wife uh, lost one of her eyes, and they had another son who witnessed everything. And so to make a long uh, answer short, 
they had uh, they've obviously been struggling a lot, and they've also been incredibly private and uh, had been reluctant to speak to anyone in the media. Uh, and about six months ago, I, for various reasons, they decided that they would invite me to tell their story, and uh, and I've been with them for six months. And yes, it was a halting process at the beginning uh, that uh, increasingly became a closer relationship in which they opened up more. Where were you on, on Marathon Day last year? So last year, uh, uh, for the good or bad, I was standing squarely on the finish line holding a video camera when the bombs went off. I was actually on leave uh, from my job as a reporter at the Boston Globe, uh, and I was doing a fellowship uh, where uh, where reporters get to spend a year studying whatever they want at Harvard. And, uh, and it was this great opportunity, and I took it in part to learn how to make docu- documentary films. And, uh, and so for that uh, project that I was working on, I had followed a young woman who was to be the first dwarf to run the Boston Marathon. And so I spent several months filming her and... Uh, that day, I was with her at the starting line uh, where the race, where the Boston Marathon starts, and followed her through, through from the very early, very early in the morning uh, throughout the marathon, and basically had arrived at the finish line about 20 minutes before she was due due to arrive, uh, and was set up uh, waiting for her to cross for the end of my film when the bombs went off. Wow! Uh, so I, I guess she didn't get to finish the race then. Unfortunately, uh, she did not get to finish the race. The, the name of the film is 25.7 and Twice the Steps, and, huh. and the 25.7 represents where she got stopped and where many people got stopped, which was less than a mile from the finish. So I think one of the most moving parts of the feature is kind of just how reluctant this family is to be in the spotlight. What sort of barriers do you have in, in talking with this family, given that they were so afraid of becoming, uh, you know, kind of owning to this 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 public sympathy so it's been a peculiar sort of experience for a lot of the survivors of the of the marathon bombings you know i think the media traditionally especially television often uh likes to show uh images of resilience and strength and people were craving those images um to show people bouncing back and and i think the richards uh for for many good reasons were reluctant to uh, put their daughter out there, like many of the other survivors were out there, uh, as symbols, in effect, of strength and resilience, or this thing that we have, this mantra that has washed over our city called Boston Strong. And they were reluctant to do that because they were mourning. And they were, uh, unlike a lot of families uh, who suffered great losses that day, uh, they were just not in a mood or feeling like it was the right thing to do to be celebrating uh, the strength, let's say, of their daughter or putting her out there because, of course, she was so young uh, in a way that they or she could regret later. So they were incredibly guarded from the very beginning, uh, had not given any interviews at all, um, and decided uh, midway through the year that they would have to tell their story at some point and that they decided uh, that they would do it uh, with our newspaper and um, and I guess with me because of my connection, uh, they had you know read my my work. I've been writing for the paper for many years, and um, I think some of their some of their close friends and family thought that maybe I would be the person to. to 
tell their story. A couple of minutes left with David Abel from the Boston Globe, who wrote the piece on the Richard family, uh, the family who lost their son Martin in the bombings. And you did mention that their other son was affected. There's a quote in the first part of the story uh, that uh, the daughter says about, uh, his name's Henry, right? The 12-year-old? Correct, yes. Uh, about how he's he's hurt, but the, the, the wounds aren't apparent. And, and I thought that, that line really got to me. Yeah, there's one of the most powerful uh, quotes in the story, for me at least, and I certainly spilled a lot of tears reporting and writing this. And I recall when I was when I was writing this part of the story, just how how much it slayed me. She, she um, the daughter, when she who was in a coma for nearly three weeks, uh, when she finally awoke and started to uh, realize what was happening, she you know is incredibly vivacious and outgoing and fun loving, sweet kid, and she very enthusiastically would talk to the nurses and doctors and people who came to visit her, and she would tell them how, uh, how very, out, very outgoingly how she hurt, got really hurt in the marathon, and her mom lost her eye, and her dad lost his hearing, and her, um, and her brother died, and then her other brother, he, he wasn't um, hit by the shrapnel, but he was, he was hurt in the heart. Yeah, that's just, uh, uh, that one slays, as you said. That's uh, just incomprehensible what this family went through and, and what these kids are going to go through for the rest of their lives. And uh, in the minute or so we have left, can you tell me how your city has changed in the years since the bombing, David? You know, I, I think it's hard to answer that in a very easy way. But, you know, I think, if anything, um, I think it has united people. I think we'll really be able to, taste and measure that uh, this Monday when many of us, including myself, will be running the marathon. And we'll get a sense of what, you know, uh, people do to come out and celebrate this iconic event that really unites uh, this whole entire community together. And, um, and if anything, I hope it's brought people together and it's given a sense of renewed pride to uh, all of the institutions that really help uh, make the this horrific experience a lot less so. And, um, and I hope the lasting testament of this is that people uh, appreciate each other more. You can follow him on Twitter at D-A-V-A-B-E-L. David Abel, thank you so much for your time tonight. Uh, congratulations on the Pulitzer, and thank you for writing this piece. It, uh, it opened up a lot of eyes. It explained it in a way that I don't think a lot of people were able to understand and put a real personal touch on it. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate that. Have a great night. You too. Listen up, kid. It's not what you think. Stayed out too late. Had a little too much to drink Walk home, cross the bridge When the marquee shut down There's a reason that I love this town Nobody cares how much money you have If you've got enough to get in a cab There'll be drinks on the house If your house burns down There's a reason that I love this town I saw your band in the early days 
shot the shit with miniature Tim. If he needs a tune, then I'll write one for him. We like the same books and we like the same sounds. There's a reason that I love this town. I played a show in Kelowna last year. Said, pick it up, Joel. We're dying in here. Picture one hand clapping, then picture half that sound. There's a reason that I hate that town. If you saw my band in the early days, then you understand why we moved away. We hold a grudge anyway because it's fun. Face down in our soup, some French restaurant. I saw Riviera de Lou last night at the tour. We burnt the place to the ground. There's a reason that I love this town. There's a reason that I love this town. There's a reason that I love this town.